This is Valor Radio. Valor, strength of mind and spirit that enables a person to face danger with resolve and determination in battle or in any other situation. Valor, like that displayed by veterans of every branch of the military throughout our community. This radio show, Valor Radio, salutes all of you who have raised your right hands to volunteer to protect and preserve our unique American way of life. Thanks for joining us and your brothers and sisters in uniform. When liberty is in jeopardy, I will always do what's right. I'm out here on the front line, sleeping peace tonight. American soldier. Now, Valor Radio. Yes, indeed, Valor Radio. As we sometimes say here around the studios of WYSL, welcoming you soldiers, sailors, airmen, marines, coasties, and guardians into the big tent of Valor Radio. And now, thanks to our Jet Age Jetsons high-tech all-digital hook up to Florida, we actually have Colonel Paul Simonelli in Hi-Fi with us, Steve Momata. Hi-Fi. I liked it. Hi-Fi. Wow. Listen to this. Uh, good day, gentlemen. Listen to this uh, all the way from Florida, and uh, mm. and you're hearing us okay? Yes, uh, Colonel? Oh, everything's great. Captain yeah. Steve Mamano again, in studio with us here in Rochester. But uh, uh, Paul, of course, is, uh, is now the Southern Command, and he, he's uh, down somewhere on the Gulf Coast in an undisclosed location. That's right. Yes. And we're going to talk more about that as time goes by. Listen, uh on October 23rd, 1983, 40 years ago, Hezbollah killed 241 U.S. military personnel, including uh, 220 Marines, 18 sailors, and three soldiers in a terrorist attack on the Marine Corps barracks in Beirut, Lebanon. Minutes later, a second suicide bomber killed 58 French paratroopers. Six innocent Lebanese civilians also lost their lives. This aberrant and shocking attack on Beirut barracks remains to this day the single deadliest day uh, for the U.S. Marine Corps since the Battle of Iwo Jima. So 40 years later, it's not something we can ever forget. And for those of us that were serving in uniform, um, it's something we still mourn. Uh, It's just, uh, as a young officer... Uh, we just can't forget it, and we need to continue to honor their legacy. Uh, we continue to think about the families and friends and uh, continue to feel uh, the painful absence of the loved ones. And as uh, it always seems to happen, uh, there is a local connection with Rochester. Um, there were at least three people that lost their lives and others from Rochester injured. And I'm going to hand it off to uh, Steve to talk about that. And then I want to talk about some of the larger implications of what happened 40 years ago and what's still happening today. Thanks, Paul. I appreciate it. Uh, You uh, brought something to my attention that I didn't know about. I was a grad student at Syracuse when the the Beirut barracks bombing took place. And I didn't see the local papers while I was in in, uh, Syracuse. So I didn't know about the eight Rochester boys who were impacted by that uh, that those uh, eighty three Beirut attacks, and there three of them were were uh, killed in action. One of them 
was killed several months prior to the Beirut barracks bombing, uh, and then two others who were killed in the actual bombing. I wanted to just talk about them for a minute. Um, Staff Sergeant Alexander Michael Ortega, Jr., uh, was not a casualty of the Beirut barracks bombing. He was the old man of the group, 25 years old. He grew up in Rochester. He uh, joined the Marine Corps out of Franklin High School, class of 76, where he played football. Uh, when he learned he was going to uh, Lebanon, Ortega gave his boxer dog, Boozer, to his father-in-law and left in May of 83. He was only 25 years old, and his wife, Robin, was three months pregnant with their second child. Ortega was stationed outside Beirut International Airport near the Muslim uh, slums of West Beirut. And on the 29th of, of August of 83, the Lebanese army and some Muslim militiamen were exchanging fire when Ortega was killed by a mortar that tore through his tent, killing him and his platoon leader, 2nd Lieutenant Donald Losey, 28, of Winston-Salem, North Carolina. Ortega's mother told reporters later that she had a premonition about her son, her son's death. Uh, and uh, her son, uh, or, uh, uh, Sergeant, Staff Sergeant Ortega, is buried actually in Pennsylvania at a place called Skyview Memorial Park in Schuylkill County, Pennsylvania. The second individual is Lance Corporal Craig S. Stockton. Uh, he's the uh, the kid of the group. He was only 18 years old. Uh, he, he was uh, born in 1964, uh, again in Rochester. He enlisted in the Marine Corps at the age of 17 in 24 September of 82. He was uh, what they call an 0351, which was an assault man infantry with the Marine Corps de- de- detachment aboard USS Austin, which is an LPD-4, uh, it's an amphib ship. He was uh, assigned to, like, the ship's company, but he was the Marine detachment of it. He's um, buried at Riverside Cemetery uh, Cemetery in, in Rochester on Lake Avenue in the Veterans Plot, and he was posthumously awarded the New York State Conspicuous Service Cross in April of 84. And finally, um, Lance Corporal John McCall, um, who uh, died on 25 October 83 at the age of 20. Um, he enlisted in the Marine Corps uh, in, on 25 September 81 and was also assigned to Mardet USS Austin, uh, something called H&S Company uh, Battalion Landing Team 1-8, um, which was, uh, he was in a uh, communications platoon, uh, specifically. Uh, he's pictured in the USS Austin Cruise book with a, a, a bunch of other names, and it says under the, the header, uh, it says, they shall be called sons of God, which is a little ironic because the group that killed them, um, um, Hezbollah, considered themselves the uh, party of God. Um, John McCall's mother, uh, in a very poignant uh, article that you sent me, she went to Riverside Cemetery a couple years ago, uh, 37 years after her son's death, she had, I guess she hadn't been back in a while. And uh, she, the picture shows her sitting in a chair looking at her son's grave with a, a, some other Marines behind her standing at attention with some flags. Um, it's a very heartbreaking scene. Um, and she laments about the fact that nothing has been done locally to remember the Rochester men who died in Lebanon. And her quote is, I think we should remember all the young men and women who have died for this country that have given us the flag and lived up to the Constitution. That's a, a some statement, isn't it? That's her. That's her. That's Mrs. McCall. And she's, she's out there someplace, and hopefully she's listening. But uh, we're thinking about her today. So uh, first thing, Steve, 
I think you need to uh, pick up the phone and uh, talk to our friend uh, Nick at the Monroe County Veterans Service Agency and discuss the possibility of having those names added uh, to the War on Terror Memorial. I think uh, it would be appropriate. Yeah, boy, uh, that, I believe, that actually is quite true. I hadn't even thought about um, that, but you're right. I believe the War on Terror started uh, shortly before this attack with the bombing of our embassy in Lebanon. Mm-hmm. Uh, which happened shortly before this incident. I remember that. And, it was, a, it was uh, an awful, awful uh, attack. That's right. Now, Bob, uh, I'm not sure how much time we have left in this segment. A couple minutes. All right. I, I took the time to go back and read uh, President Reagan's speech to the nation after this happened. And I picked up on a few things that I was sad, actually, to pick up on. Uh First, he, uh, he said we were going to bring these people to justice, and he was one of many presidents to use that term when talking about terrorism. And Steve, I think you would agree with me, and Bob, I think you would agree with me that uh, justice is inadequate when terrorism is perpetrated against our country. There's only one uh, viable result in responding, and that's destruction. I, I don't think when we talk about justice, I think it invokes uh, the criminal justice system and, and, the, and a process. And when we hear people talking about justice, uh, I think it, it, it's not enough in response to this type of behavior. I don't know what your thoughts are. No, I say actually what I was thinking yesterday when I heard um, the president talking about um, uh, the situation in, uh, in Israel and talking about a ceasefire. I thought, you don't, you don't have a ceasefire when you're attacked like that. I mean, you didn't hear the, Ameri- the, the FDR talking about a ceasefire on December 8th, 1941, did you? You sure as hell no. we shouldn't hear him talking about ceasefire with... Hamas and Hezbollah after this uh, abortion that took place on the, the 7th of, of October. Not yes, at all. And the su- subsequent torture and terrors and uh, attacks on civilians. Yeah, how can you – Absolutely how can you administ- indefensible. Administer well, justice gonna, with that. We're going to get to that in the next segment, but I, I, I just wanted to connect the dots for you going back to 1983, mm. 40 years earlier, and it's been both Democrat and Republican – uh, presidents. It hasn't been mm-hmm. one party or the other, but it's been a consistent thing with uh, senior leadership in this nation. And I'm hearing some music uh, when we come back. I'm going to try to connect the dots for you relating to how we've dealt with terrorism here on Valor Radio. On the WISL stations with the captain in Florida and, or excuse me, the captain here and the colonel in Florida. It was way past midnight and she still couldn't fall
Your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or MGMInsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. Get your tickets now for a Stars and Stripes celebration Friday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Veterans Outreach Center and honor the men and women who have served our country with a night of fine dining, dessert, and dancing. Special ticket pricing is available for all veterans. Go to vocroc.org slash celebration or call 585-546-1081. 585-546-1081. Hey, how about becoming a member of the National Warplane Museum in Geneseo, New York? Help us preserve history. Plus, you get some pretty fancy benefits. Visit us online, nationalwarplanemuseum.com. If you're a veteran in crisis or concerned about one, please call the Veterans Crisis Line at 988 and then press 1. Donate now, vocroc.org. From Niagara Falls to the Adirondacks and from Canada to Pennsylvania, you're listening to Valor Radio. Once again, we are back in here with Valor Radio and broadcasting from the New Southern Command, the Florida headquarters of WYSL, Colonel Paul Simonelli, Steve Mamano, the captain, here in studio with us. Uh, go ahead uh, uh, with that thought that you had before the break, uh, Colonel. Thanks, Robert. And uh, we were talking about... Uh, What's been happening for at least the last 40 years and actually longer? We know in 1979 uh, what happened at our embassy in Iran. And since that time, uh, Iran has made it their policy, their national objective to control the Middle East. And to do that, the two things they have said consistently since that time that they had to do that they had to be strong enough that they could defeat any nation in the Middle East. And second, they had to make sure that the United States was not present in the Middle East. Those two things have been overriding, overarching objectives of Iran since 1979. They've done it primarily through surrogates. They've done it through Hezbollah. They did this attack uh, 40 years ago through Hezbollah. They're doing it right now um, through Hezbollah. They're committed to the destruction of Israel. Uh, they haven't taken Israel on directly. They've done it through Hamas, through Hezbollah, and they're continuing to do it today 40 years later. And our nations, except for Donald Trump, our nation's unwillingness to deal with Iran is responsible 
for most of our casualties uh, that we have suffered militarily and civilian in the last 40 years. If you connect the dots, there is no other uh, country that is responsible for more casualties than Iran. Uh, the attacks that we suffered while in Iraq uh, led back to Iran in more cases, in most of the cases, uh, back to Iran uh, by weapons that were supplied by Iran. Uh, terrorist organizations around the world that have attacked us, uh, it leads back to Iran. Uh, it's just unfathomable to me that we have not been willing to deal with Iran. And now this administration, uh, by easing up on the sanctions, allowing them to sell oil, has allowed them to refill their coffers um, and allowed them to start financing at a tremendously aggressive pace everything that they can do to try to destroy Israel and hurt us. I, I just don't understand it. The, the, the sanctions that we put on Iran years ago were actually useless until Donald Trump came into office, and then they started to finally hurt them. And they were right in the process of really, uh, you know, making it difficult for them to conduct their operations when the Biden administration came back and, and refilled their their uh, their pocketbook. They've and now they're just flush with money and they're and they're not afraid to show that they that they have it. They spend it all over the place and and they don't even care what we think anymore. What people I what I don't think most people realize there is not one Middle Eastern country that gives one hoot what happens to Iran. Um, in fact, most of them would not care if they cease to exist tomorrow. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they are a pariah nation. And no matter what any country says uh, in the Middle East, the one thing that they will not, they may not say publicly, but they don't care about, or they do care, they, they don't want anything to do with Iran. They see Iran as a threat. The one thing that we did by going into Iraq, which was another blunder on our part, Saddam Hussein kept Iran in, tr in check. And the minute we went in and got rid of Saddam Hussein, we took, I, there was no one to keep Iran in check anymore. No, and, there wasn't. And that led, ultimately, to uh, letting them run free. There was absolutely no way for them to be controlled uh, from a distance other than through uh, what we've been trying to do uh, with controlling trade and other things. So uh, we have just missed the boat completely. Uh, and, and until we deal with Iran, we're not going to deal with the real problems in that part of the world. Well, they're stronger uh, than they were um, in 1979. They're stronger than they were in, in, the, in the 80s. When they had Ayatollah Khomeini, but uh, that's because they're they're flush with funds. The uh, uh, Iranian Revolutionary Guard Corps, the IRGC, is as active as ever. Islamic Jihad is still active, um, and so is uh, Hama, uh, Hezbollah. And um, and even though uh, Soleimani is dead, 
there are other people there willing to take his place. And uh, if you don't keep the pressure on them, they'll just keep doing it. And the pressure is completely off right now. And in the meantime, we have to consider the possibility of what's going to happen when Iran gets the bomb, which could happen any day now. That's uh, that's a well, frightening. Israel's thought. not going to let that happen. No, Israel's not going to let that happen. And uh, and you know what? Saudi Arabia won't mind that. No, no country in the Middle no, East won't they mind. Won't, they won't mind. Um, so. Yeah, they may make it's, some noises about uh, uh, about about Israel's uh, taking out the nukes in Iran, but they will, you know, among themselves, say thank God. Uh, of course, they will. We had an opportunity a couple of years ago when there were uh, indigenous uprisings in in Iran to support the uh, the people doing it, and we we backed off. I mean, I think I think Trump wanted to support that. Um, but I know Biden doesn't want to support it, and, and they've been completely silent ever since. Um, yeah. I don't think we're gonna we're gonna see much of that happening because they they suppress any uh, dissension in that country. Absolutely. So, I just think uh, you know what the information coming out of this and and the uh, advice and counsel coming out of this administration, and you know we say the Biden administration, but I don't think for a second. He has anything to do with uh, what's guiding this administration. Hmm. Uh, this is this is so far beyond even anything that uh, you know he purported hmm. to support or or advance when he was in Congress. No, there's or when no. He was in the Senate. There's no grand Biden plan here. No, there surely isn't. There's not a, someone's, not someone's, a grand uh, plan in his head. <laughs> right, right. This is just. Uh, this is just Obama 2.0 being run by uh, uh, some puppet master, um, and it's just uh, it's continuing. So, I, I you know I just pray to God that people realize uh, the damage that's being done internationally and and here at home. Yeah. Uh, uh, by the way, let's just go right back to the end of that last sentence: damage here at home, folks. I mean, we have this toxic geopolitical brew going on, uh, which is very, very threatening. And then we've had this open border for two years with God knows how many young, pay for that. young men of military age streaming across the border. It's not moms and dads and little kids. No. There are some of those, to be sure. But you want to be vigilant. And if you see something, say something. Don't be hesitant about calling law enforcement if you see something weird going on in your neighborhood, because we're going to get hit. It's just a matter of time. You know, I, I, I hate to say that, but it's true. You know, Paul, you you mentioned uh, how thing, it, it changed the world for us. It did for me. I, I got out of grad school. I went in the Navy. I went to Intel School in Colorado. And my first assignment was a, an A6 squadron. But my second assignment was a um, uh, as a terrorism analyst at uh, the old NIS, Naval Investigative Service, which became NCIS. Um, I became uh, a, a, a watchstander, and for two, 22 months, I stood, which was the longest anybody had done it at, at that time, I stood watch, and all I ever received were threats from Palestinian groups and pro-Iranian 
uh, Islamic groups that were trying to kill Americans at that time. And uh, the outfit that I belonged to, Navy Anti-Terrorism Alert Center, was a 24-hour fusion center for intelligence, which was un- unheard of at that time. They were the only organization that, that had uh, its own uh, like organic intelligence capability really was DIA. But they didn't put out any products 24-7, and they were, you know, you couldn't call DIA in the middle of the night and expect to get something. With us, we actually had watchstanders who were there to keep U.S. Navy assets from getting hit. And um, the, as a result of something called the Long Commission, they came up with the concept for ATAC after the Beirut barracks bombing. And uh, our command was uh, is still operating. As far as I know, it's still in business, and it's still protecting Navy assets. So... Um, we had to do something, and we did. The Navy was proactive at that time under John Lehman. I don't, I don't know what they're doing now. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've learned a lot of hard lessons um, over the last 40 years. 40 years. yours and my uh, uh, adult lives. Um, but unfortunately, we find ourselves relearning many of these lessons. Mm-hmm. And uh, as uh, the leadership changes in Washington. Uh, we seem to need to keep relearning these lessons. But one of the enduring uh, things that we've seen over the last 40 years is that Iran is at the epicenter of terrorism in the world. All right, I'm hearing some music. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more Valor Radio. The captain and the colonel on Valor Radio on WYSL. Could be 27,000 watts this weekend, ladies and gentlemen. Stay tuned for details on that. More to come on Valor Radio. Don't go back. You're listening to Valor Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. All right, we got the, the colonel off the payphone this week. Uh, he is back in his home studio, Southern Command. It's uh, the Florida studios of WYSL. Colonel, go ahead. You're on. Thank you. So uh, let's bring things back a little bit to the military. I, Steve, I know you were a little bit upset uh, when this young soldier got returned to the States I was. from Korea. I guess but I didn't know what was going on. He has been charged uh, with desertion. Yeah. Just to bring people up to date, uh, we had a young uh, army soldier mm. who fled into North Korea and was held for a while there. Two months. Uh, yeah. Got returned. Got sent home. We thought he was just uh, going to walk away from the whole thing. And... Uh, He's been charged with uh, eight different uh, crimes under the Uniform Code of Military Justice. Eight. Yeah. 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 So. Including well, uh, desertion and child porn. Right. Yeah. <laughs> what a guy, huh? He also had, uh, he was insubordinate. He, he left the base on, after curfew and he was drinking on duty. What a what a stellar individual. Yeah. Yeah. So Oh well. You know who his uh, we'll lawyer watch is? What happens. You know who his lawyer is? Uh no. Franklin Rosenblatt, who defended get this, Bo Bergdahl. I was just gonna say it has to be Bergdahl. 
It has to be. Isn't that special? Specializing in dirt bags. Rosenblatt Law Firm. Well, everybody's entitled to a defense. Yes. Yes, we we agree. The best defense. Um, Yeah, so we'll see what happens with this. Mm -hmm. You know, most of the time... These things are pled out. Well, you you called it, Paul. I I I didn't have a lot of faith, and you said, "Well, stand by. Something's going to happen with this guy." You were right. Yeah, the wheels turn slowly sometimes. I, I just didn't like the uh, the greeting at the at uh, San Antonio when he came back, and the guy the guy went out the ramp and shook his hand in uniform, and then he put his hand on his shoulder. It was very all very reassuring, but it didn't help my morale very much. Right. But I guess they have. Well, a, this next story. Yeah, oh, yeah. I oh. know it's going to make you <laughs> oh, absolutely crazy. Yeah. Go ahead, Paul. Um, <laughs> I don't want to steal your thunder, Paul. All right. Uh, Bob, You do you have the uh, defibrillator nearby? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, ready. we got the paddles ready. Um, you got the village okay. people music? <laughs> you want village people? Go ahead. No, no I don't no. think so. All right. I don't think so. This is. Uh, this is about what the Taliban are doing. Oh, okay, okay, yeah. I thought you were going to go uh, with uh, all the uh, all the vehicles mm. and equipment that we left behind. They say that uh, they captured about sixty-one thousand military vehicles, uh, twenty-six thousand heavy weapons in the final days of our presence in Afghanistan. Sixty thousand. Military vehicle. And they're moving a bunch of them to where? Well, to the border with Iran. They're moving them to Iran. Yeah. And what's Iran doing with them? Well, they're going to use them against us, probably. Uh, They're shipping them to their surrogates. To Hezbollah, probably Hamas, probably to Syria. I I guess there were some... Conflict the, at the at the at the border between the Taliban and the Iranian border guards and uh, and then but the 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 video posted on Twitter uh, shows U.S. Humvees and M one seventeen armored security vehicles en route the Afghan Iran border. So you know it, it's only a matter of time before they just end up you know fighting us in in Israel or in you know. In the Ukraine, you know, that's just going to end up, it's just going to be a cash for the Taliban to resell that equipment. Um, You know, it's going to be funny is 30 years from now, just like Cuba, you're going to see all these, uh, I don't want to, well, I'll just call them indigenous peoples in Afghanistan driving around in American Humvees. Probably with like fuzzy dice or something hanging from the the window, <laughs> and just having a ball and just laughing their butts off at the United States of America. I don't know where they're gonna get parts for them, but I'm sure they we left plenty of parts. So well, they, right now they're uh, cannibalizing <laughs> to keep keep things running. So the vehicle, I guess, with uh, the vehicles, you know, okay. thirty or forty thousand Humvees, yeah. they can go for a while with them. Yeah. But, uh, it's just uh, amazing what we left behind. Right. But I guess that keeps the uh, military-industrial complex going. There you go. Good yeah. for the economy. That's, that's what's important. Yeah, and that along with uh, the president giving his uh, 
speech the other night asking mm. Congress for uh, a giant package for Israel and the Ukraine. Oh, by the way, did and, you, uh, uh, Colonel, did you catch the uh, the breakdown on where the how those funds are would go? It's like fourteen billion dollars to Israel and sixty sixty billion to Ukraine plus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, I, my sense is that speech was written, and they just threw a paragraph or two at the beginning and a paragraph at the end about Israel. That's exactly what um, happened. They had right. it in a can; and, it was all uh, ready to go, and they they dusted it off. And he just he worked it in. It was like, and everybody knows what he's doing. He's not kidding and, anybody. You know the linkage. About why was there? I mean, it was just sort of ridiculous, and the fact that he just will not um, condemn no. uh, Hamas, and he will not connect the dots with Iran, no, I, is is just inconceivable to me. Well, and I've got to think the American people are are seeing through this. Yeah, fourteen billion to Israel, sixty billion to um. Uh, to uh, Ukraine minus the kickbacks. Let's see. Got to figure out. Get the calculator out here and see. See. See how much Ukraine's going to net. Ukraine people get forty-seven dollars and thirteen cents. The rest of it goes to cronies. I. I know. Uh, if you listen to the news, no matter what channel you listen to, if you read the newspapers, everybody says. We need to be in the Ukraine, and we can't afford to lose the battle in the Ukraine. Why? Because, well, because if we it, lose in the Ukraine, yeah. if the Ukraine loses, then China will take over the world. I guess that's the excuse now. Okay. Because right. we've committed to the Ukraine, we can't back out. And there's some really good people. Because we backed out of Afghanistan. Who are making that case. I mean, I, I just heard Jack Keane this morning making that, that case again. And I have uh, nothing but respect for uh, General Keane. But, wow, he's really pushing hard for that uh, Ukraine war. Really pushing well, hard. I wonder how many board of directors he sits on and how much stock he has. And, yeah. You know, in the four big defense oh, contractors. I hate I don't to know. hear that. I hate, I hate the I don't thought know. of it, Paul. I just there's I, I some know. people I think are just above that, and I always consider him to be different. And and now I, I find I that agree. there's there's so many people out there who are who are really hawking that war, and it's just unseemly. Dwight Eisenhower is echoing in my head. He he is. Dwight Eisenhower was a sage, and uh, I don't know. I, I I worry about the country when I I don't see a lot of um, dissent, uh, dis, dissent in our. Uh, our, uh, you know, di- discourse about the war. We don't even talk about, we don't even debate war anymore like we used to, you know? Well, no. We, we don't de- and, and debate we allow, the merits and the, and the demerits of war. It just, it's crazy. Right, and we allow it to be waged on a credit card. We don't pay for it anymore, so there's no controls. All right, music, we got to take a break. And we'll be back with more Valor Radio in just a couple of minutes. Listen, children, to a story that was written long ago About a kingdom on a mountain and the valley folk below On the mountain was a treasure buried deep beneath the stone And the valley people swore they'd have it for their very own Oh, and here's your 
your go-to for standard of specialized business insurance coverage. MGM Associates of Rochester, now serving the region and beyond in New York. Since 1984, MGM has provided leading coverage from a wide range of carriers. Not only home, condo, boat, motorcycle, and auto, but also specialized policies for all types of businesses, including nonprofits and law firms, livery insurance, property insurance, and bonds for all needs. MGM Associates of Rochester provides auto, workers' comp, health care, and liability coverage. Choose from virtual appointments or good old in-office, in-person consults by appointment at our Penfield office. Five-time consecutive winner of the National Best Practices Award, MGM is proud to support veterans groups. For your personal business, home, or professional insurance needs, meet the experienced staff at MGM Associates. Locally and proudly owned at 1745 Penfield Road in Penfield, 381-7008 or mgminsure.com. An associate of Finger Lakes Fire and Casualty, Route 227, Trumansburg, New York. Hi, I'm Alan Ginsberg of the A.M. Ginsberg Advisory Group, LLC. I know a lot of you have heard enough of my ad regarding business continuation. We started this campaign in September 2020, and I want you to know the response has just been tremendous. The best part is that we're seeing the results of our efforts. Business owners who have been procrastinating on how to make sure their business continues on a successful path are starting to make the changes that are needed. Whether it be talking to their children, key employees, or favorite competitors, they are starting to get things done making sure that their life's work doesn't just go by the wayside. Give us a call at 585-377-4720. We'll sit down and talk, find out what your business and family goals are. That's 585-377-4720. Thank you. Securities offered through Securities America, Inc. Member FINRA SIPC. Advisory services offered through Securities America Advisors, Inc. AM Ginsburg Advisory Group and the Securities America companies are separate entities. Get your tickets now for a Stars and Stripes celebration Friday, November 3rd, 6 p.m. at the Rochester Riverside Convention Center. Help celebrate the 50th anniversary of the Veterans Outreach Center and honor the men and women who have served our country with a night of fine dining, dessert, and dancing. Special ticket pricing is available for all veterans. Go to vocroc.org slash celebration or call 585-546-1081. 585-546-1081. You're listening to Fallow Radio with Colonel Paul Simonelli. We are back in here with Fallow Radio on the WISL stations and broadcasting from the new Florida studios. It's the Colonel. Thanks, Robert. So, I, uh, we, there's something happened this past week. And uh, it made me think of an interview we did a few years ago, Bob. I don't know if you remember or not, but uh, the White House had to uh, take a picture down. The president had a picture taken uh, with uh, some U.S. forces uh, while he was overseas, and it was showed their faces, and they were all special operators. And we know we try not to uh, show the faces of these folks, given the sophistication of uh, facial recognition software and other things. It puts them and their families and uh, others in jeopardy when that's done. And the White House just had to post the picture, and ultimately they ended up taking the picture down 
when the Department of Defense said, what the heck are you doing? It made me think about uh, the interview we did with Will Chesney. I don't know if you remember him or not, Bob. Mm, no, I, I, but then again, I'm not really great in the memory department uh, these days. Well, so. Will Chesney was the uh, handler uh, for Cairo, the dog, that uh, went on the Bin Laden raid. Uh, he re- and he was the author of the book, No Ordinary Dog. Oh, right. It's coming back now. Yep. Yeah. And uh, I don't you, know if you let a cat out of the bag but, or something? Uh, it's alleged that uh, uh, the, the vice president and the president went down to visit the SEAL team that was involved in the raid. And the <sighs> vice president had to me- happened to mention the name of the dog in the press oh, conference oh, that led... Uh, the Navy to not wanting to allow the dog uh, to be released to Chesney when it was retired. Oh, no. Because they figured the dog was a terrorist target and would put people in jeopardy if the dog got identified um, outside of control of the Navy. What happened to the dog? Well, he fought and fought and fought and finally was able to get the dog and uh-huh. keep it until it passed away. Oh, I wonder but, if that was the inspiration for the film Dog, um, which, by the way, was a really good one. I don't know if that one was or not, but, uh, um, who's but the, the name of who's, the, who's the vice the president book was No Ordinary Dog. Who was the vice president at the time? I was. Uh, it was our current president. Oh, oh, uh, and uh, Kamala. No, no, no. I said our current president. Biden. Biden. Oh, okay. And, but you said it's vice president. I, I, I right. When he was vice president. Oh, when he was vice president. Okay. Yeah. Oh. During the Bin Laden raid. What a genius he one, is. One more blunder. Yeah. And don't forget, he was the only one in the, you know, the <laughs> president's circle that advised against uh, going after Bin Laden. Yes, although, he was. Right. Yes, he was. Uh, of course. Although during the, the election, he said he never advised against it. <laughs> He's a he, liar. He was yeah. all for yeah. it. And he was part of the team that got Bin Laden. It's the one thing I agree with Bob Gates on, that that Joe Biden has been wrong on everything. Yeah, every foreign policy issue in 50 years, a 50-year... He ain't been right yet. No. Yeah, so anyway. uh, So we've talked about... uh, uh, We've talked about trying to get records before. Hmm. And, uh, you know, we've talked about the fire in 1973... Um, that destroyed uh, tens of thousands, 18 million. hundreds of thousands of records. 18 million, it said. Can you right. imagine? Right. That's a lot of records. And, uh, you know, most of these people have passed away, but still people are trying to get records mm-hmm. and awful difficult to get them. Mm-hmm. People wait um, sometimes a year and a half or two years to get uh, the records recreated or to get something. And, uh, you know, they're working, they're still working to try to figure out, to recreate some of these records and speed up the process. Uh, people need these records for benefits. Um, and they're trying to do some things and they've got some methods that they're trying to work on. Have you ever tried to get get any records about your, look at that? Paul, have you ever tried to get any records from your dad's time in, in the army? 
I've never asked for them. I, I have. I've asked for my dad several times, and I keep getting the old, sorry, they were destroyed in the fire in 1973. Next question. And and the thing is, um, I've had other people who worked at the St. Louis Records Center who were reservists, friends of mine, who were able to right. get the stuff for me on the side. So I think they use that whole fire thing as an excuse, a convenient excuse to to not have to do their job. They got a lot of civilian employees over there, and I think they're a little bit, uh, I don't know what the word is, they're just not that motivated. Well, Steve, I told you I've been there. Um, the have Army you? used to have its uh, well, right, Reserve Personnel Command Page Avenue. attached right, right, right to that building. And so I used to go there to sit uh, on promotion boards. Wow. And um, what I would say is not to make excuses for encrusted civil servants, <laughs> but, uh, you know, I think they are working on ones where people are still alive oh, and boy. people need them for benefits. I think those have to be the priority. Yeah. And I was surprised uh, that they had any people at all that weren't dead. That they were talking about because the average age of the of the people whose records were burned in the fire is eighty seven. That's pretty old, uh-huh. but I I thought it was even older. You know. Yeah, I I can't think that there's. I mean, with the number of uh, World War II vets that are still alive, what hmm. are we down to? One hundred and fifty thousand. Oh, is that that low? I believe so. Oh. I'm amazed it's that high. Because, you know, um, you do the demographics uh, and the math on that, yeah. they're all in their 90s, pretty much. Wow, that's... That, right. They fill one big stadium. Medium-sized right. stadium. So, oh, boy. Um, Jeez. So, I don't like that at all. I don't know. I think uh, this problem will take care of itself, but uh, ultimately... But there's still... I don't know if... I think... Steve, what do you think? They'll just stop working on these when no one asks for them anymore? Yeah, it'll just it'll just be one of those things where they don't get any more requests. Um, you know, you're always going to have probably, you know, uh, children of veterans requesting it. But I don't think the grandkids are going to ask for that much. And unless they're, they're really trying to, like, uh, you know, um, you know, I, my, my, my interest lately has been to try and get um, uh, medals for people who are heroes who never got recognized in the first place. And, and, I, and if you try to get any kind of morning reports out of those guys, just, just forget it. They won't even talk right. to you anymore. I, I've, I've, until I was blue in the face, I tried to get morning reports. You've got to be a family member, first of all, for them to take you seriously. And even if, uh, and I've had people, I know people who've impersonated family members and uh, they haven't gotten anything either. So, well, you know, the, the Army was notoriously bad at keeping uh, records. Hmm. I know there's warehouses filled with records in, oh. uh, in Pennsylvania. I, I know the Army's that. archiving a lot of records right now. So I, I just checked the numbers. They said there's approximately 120,000 living veterans in the United States from World War II, and 131 are dying each day. Oh, now, I awful. know back in the late 90s and early 2000s, they were saying 1,500 a day were dying. So we're, we're on the tail end of this oh, right now. It's terrible. Yeah. yeah. And they can't live forever, you know? I mean, just No. Two minutes, no. Colonel. Okay, so anyway, uh, they are at least trying to make attempts. They have shortened the time uh, at getting yes. these records. It is possible to get them, and uh, 
I think, uh, you know, I, I just want to revisit one more time, Steve. I think we do have a mi- new mission for you and I. I think we need to uh, work with the county uh, on this uh, Beirut uh, situation, and we need to have these names added to our War on Terror memorial. I well, think it's completely I, I, reasonable. I think it's reasonable, and it's, uh, I, think, I think there's got to be some kind of recognition because it's been completely forgotten over the years. Yes, unfortunately, and uh, I, I think it's uh, I think it's absolutely appropriate. In fact, when I get off, the, uh, when we're done with the show today, I think I'm going to get a an email off to uh, the director of the Veterans Service Agency, and um, maybe uh, we can push the issue, sure, a little bit and get something done uh, post haste on this. All right, thank you, gentlemen. Appreciate your effort. Thank you, Paul. uh, Have a great week. Stay healthy. Stay warm. uh, And we'll see you next week. Keep our soldiers, sailors, airmen, Marines, Coasties, Guardians, and those serving with them safe. And and keep them in your thoughts and prayers. Have a great week. All business in my suit. Yeah, I'm dressed up for success. From my head down to my boots. I don't do it for the money There's bills that I can't pay I don't do it for the glory I just do it anyway Providing for our futures My responsibility Yeah, I'm real good under pressure